0: Today we're going to be looking at the awesome power of God, and it, it truly is awesome, and it truly is amazing, and I would encourage all of you to dive deeper into this topic because it really can strengthen who you are as a believer and, and what you do for, for the Lord, how you live your life and everything. I'm, I'm, it would give you so much confidence and when you're easier to listen and obey what he has to say when we understand the power of God and how that relates to us in our life. But before we dive in, I want to just pray real quick and then we'll get started. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the grace. The song that we just sang about that the battle belongs to you, God, and you are powerful to give victory. And we sang about that. God, I pray we'll be able to apply it to our lives on an everyday basis. So take the words that are shared through these verses in Psalm 24 and, and the other verses, and just encourage our hearts, God, we pray. In your name, amen. Before we dive into the Scripture reference itself, I want to look at the Bible and get a few examples of God's awesome power, that God is, is amazing in that way. A couple in the Old Testament, a couple in the New Testament, and then a couple of modern-day Examples of of that power Psalm begins Psalm 24 begins by looking at creation So that's where I want to start So in Genesis chapter 1 I'm just going to reference these things We're not going to read a lot of verses in these Just a a quick glimpse At what these are to give you an idea Of where we're going So in Genesis chapter 1 We see that there was nothing God took nothing And created everything By the word of his mouth He spoke these things into being. And that's the amazing thing about God, is that he can take nothing and make something out of it. That includes you and me. Now, if you move over to chapter 12, in Genesis chapter 12, we're going to see Abram at that time, his name was. He was called by God, and in verses 1 through 3, he says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will, make you yeah, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and, and you will be a blessing. <clears throat> I will bless those who bless you, and he who dishonors you I will curse. In this last part, in, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He's referring to Christ. That's a prophecy that all the families of the earth are going to be blessed, because of him through him now here's the problem abraham was 75 his wife was 65 and they had no children so how is god going to accomplish that how many 75 year old men or women are having kids these days you know it's it's not it doesn't happen well as you read through the story i encourage you to read through that you'll be amazed that god can do Whatever he pleases. And he chose to give Abraham and Sarah a child 25 years later. Abraham was 100. Sarah was 90. Impossible? Not with God. Number three, in, in a few years later, Abraham was asked to take his only son Isaac and give, may, offer him up as an offering to the Lord. Genesis 22 tells this story. But in verse 3, we don't don't see Abraham arguing with God. It says here in verse 3, it says that Abraham rose early the next morning, early in the morning. He believed God and he obeyed him unquestioningly. There was no doubt in his mind because God promised that this great nation was going to come through Isaac. So he believed. We see that later in Scripture in, in Hebrews that he believed God would raise him from the dead. He was ready to sacrifice his son. Had the knife in hand, ready to plunge that knife into his son. But God said, stop. I know that you believe me. I know that you obey me. And lo and behold, right behind him was a ram caught in the thickets to take Isaac's place. Where'd that ram come from? And how come Abraham didn't see it when he was putting the altar together and piling the rocks up and getting everything ready? How come he didn't see that earlier? Where did it come from? Just all of a sudden it was there. God is powerful. And he put that ram there. I don't know how it got there. But God provided. It was his power. Well, let's look at a couple in the New Testament. If you turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 25, Jesus told his disciples, let's get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side of the lake. Well, they get in the middle of the water, they get in the middle of this lake, and all of a sudden, a storm, a big storm comes down out of the mountains, Uh, such a big storm that the the fishermen, the experienced fishermen, were afraid that they were going to drown. Water was coming into the boat, and they were trying to bail it. Where was Jesus? He was asleep in the back of the boat, which is where the disciples should have been. They lacked what Jesus said. We're going to the other side. They started to fear when the waters got deep. When it got windy, instead of trusting God that he was gonna go there, so Jesus, he stood up and he rebuked the wind. You know, you'll notice that he doesn't rebuke the water. The water wasn't the problem, it was the wind. And as soon as God said, Peace be still, the wind stopped, the waves stopped, and they saw the power of God through all that. Calm was restored. Definitely the most powerful illustration of God's power that we see in the New Testament is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Death was defeated that Sunday morning. If that power had never happened, if God had not revealed his power that Sunday morning and raising Jesus from the dead, we would be hopeless. We would be like any other God in this world that died and is still in the grave. But he revealed his power, and now we serve a risen Savior. Well, two quick stories of modern day. A man was on his way to work. He got a flat tire in New Jersey. This caused him to be late for work. Who caused that flat tire? God did. Why? That was 9-11. And it caused him to not be... He was supposed to be at work in one of the towers that morning. But because of the flat tire, he was delayed an hour, which saved his life. The power of God. He had a task for that man to finish up. He'd complain and, oh, I got this stinking flat tire. What am I going to do? But yet God was the one that was protecting him. His power saved that man's life. One more story is that in, on December 26th of 2004... There was a missionary family vacationing in Phuket, Thailand, just south of where we used to live. At 7.15, they were sitting on the beach, on the ground level, beach level, having their breakfast. After they finished breakfast, the kids said, Dad, let's go swimming. It's such a beautiful morning. Let's go down to the beach. Dad said, no, we're going to go and have our devotions. This is the day after Christmas. You know, we got we to do the Christmas story and, and things. So they trudged up the mountain. The the, the, the hotel was on the side of a hill. At 7.59 that morning, the most heinous, the most worst disaster of modern times hit Southeast Asia. There was a 30-foot wall of water that slammed the beaches of Thailand, Indonesia, Sri Lanka, India, and the Maldives. How many people died that day, that morning, Over 225,000 people died that morning. 225,000 perished that fateful morning. This family looked out down to where they were just sitting 45 minutes ago. There was nothing left. It was debris and water and trees all piled up where they were sitting 45 minutes ago. God saved them from that From that disaster in order that they could complete the work that he had taken them Thailand to do praise the Lord well today is is an important day for for Helen and me this is my final message as a staff member at Cornerstone Church that started uh, well we we became members of Thailand of, of Cornerstone back in 1999 and I came on staff in 2007. So 13 years ago, July 1st, I, I became a staff member, and it's just gone by so quick. But over the past couple years, God has been just moving in both Helen and my heart. And, and over these 43 years of marriage, I've learned one thing: is that when, when both of us are sensing the same thing, that, that God is doing something. If it was just me, and she was against it, or if it was just her and I was against it, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't move forward. But both of us around the same time started feeling that, that whatever God had us back here to accomplish is done. He brought us back here for a purpose. I, I know that. And whatever that was, it, it's, it's done. It's done. I can't tell you how many times this has happened, but suffice it to say that it's happened a lot that we have just sensed God's leading the both of us and we had to act on that. We can't, when God is doing that, we can't not, we can't not do what he says. Does that make sense? We just have to obey. So, the one thing thing that we have experienced, I, I can guarantee this, that as we walk in obedience to God, we have never been disappointed to where he's taken us. The power to lead is, is awesome, and it's fulfilling. Now I'm 64, and Helen is <clears throat> um, 43, and but we're not. We're like Abraham. We're not immune to discouraging or doubt. You know, Abraham was told to leave. He didn't know where he was going. God just said, "Go. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you someplace," and now we're at that same boat the future is uncertain of, of what we begin to have doubts these what ifs start coming i says, well what if one of us gets cancer what if the economy of the u.s tanks and and we can't receive support any longer what if we can't get around like we like we usually do what if we miss all our kids baseball games football games concerts graduations what if what if what if what if I can't change my own diaper anymore? What if what if what if what if these all come into our minds? What is it that your what if for you? I have what ifs. What do you struggle with? Well, let's look at Psalm 24. So grab your Bibles there. That his power, God's power, he is all-powerful God is Powerful enough for all of our what-ifs. He says in verse 1, it says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That includes you and me. That's you and me. And all that we have, all that we are, all that is around us, we see God created and, and gave and blessed. Remember last week, Pastor Tim was was teaching us about God's self that he is self-sufficient that he doesn't need anything and he owns everything and, and everything we think we own belongs to him God has given it to us he's loaned it to us to be good stewards of what he's blessed us with if it's a lot if it's little we are to be good stewards of what he's blessed us with how well are you doing with that? How well are you doing with the idea that Tim said is that that you have an open hand with God? Don't clench your fist and hold it. Do you think God is powerful enough to help you if he says, I want you to give this away? Or I want you to go and do this? Or I want you to speak to this person? He's not powerful enough to help you through that? That's what he's saying. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That includes your tongue. That includes your feet, where he wants to take you or how he wants to use you in the life of other people. Verse 1 is saying that again, that everything belongs to the Lord, including you. Because because God is the self-existent one, he doesn't need anything. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. But he's chosen, chosen us to be his feet and his hands, to take the gospel and preach it around the world. That includes your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your relatives that don't know him yet, the people that you rub shoulders with at the, at the stores and the restaurants and, and everything. And since he is all-powerful and he owns everything, we can go with confidence. We can go with confidence knowing that he will provide everything we need to accomplish all that he's asked us to do. It's as simple as that. He has the power to protect. He has the power to provide. He has the power to lead us into the path that is best for us and brings glory to Him. He has the power to to help mend those broken relationships. He has the power to comfort during times of loss. He gives us the power to say no to sin and yes to righteousness he gives us the power to be bold in our testimony and witness that's just scratching the surface those things those seven things that i just mentioned but it goes on and on because god is all-powerful we could trust that we don't have to depend on my own strength the minute i start not trusting god and beginning to trust my own strength the doubts begin to come and I'm not sensing his blessing because I think I can handle it on my own. But he says, no, let me do it. I'm the one who created you. I'm the one who made you the way you are so that I can use you to fulfill my purpose in life. What a joy that is. It sounds simple, doesn't it? It's not, because David goes on in verses 3 to 6 to describe those who are worthy to be in his presence. How does he describe that? In verses 3 to 6, he says, those with clean hands, a pure heart, and who do not lie. How many have have fulfilled all those in their life? How many have ever lied? Yeah? See, you didn't raise your hand. You're lying right there. All right, see a hand back there. We've all lied. We've all done things that are, are not. We haven't displayed a pure heart. We've had evil thoughts. We've had lustful thoughts. We've had hateful thoughts toward other people. That's not out of a pure heart. And we, our, our hands are not clean. we've done things that we know. We think in our things are coming into your mind right now, as I mentioned that, that your hands are dirty, that you've done things and gone places that you know you shouldn't have. If we take that at face value of what he says right there, there's no hope for any of us. But he goes on and he says. We've all lied and all this stuff. But if you go into the New Testament, you've got to compare Scripture with Scripture. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, he says, But you, talking about believers, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had received, not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we see the contrast there of those who lived an impure life and now those of us who are in Christ, we have that. Who we were and who we are is the difference between light and darkness. You see that? It says that there. We once walked in darkness, but when we placed our hope and trust in the finished work of Christ, we were changed, given a new life, and we were new creations. We be you know, he put a new nature within us. And change happens as a result of God's power through Christ toward us. You get that? It, it, that's when change takes place is when We receive Jesus into our heart. The Holy Spirit comes in and gives us that new nature and we become the children of God. We're adopted into his family. If you are here today and you have yet to make that decision to follow Christ and receive the forgiveness of your sins, why not today? Why not now? Nothing would make me happier than on my last sermon that yours, your first time, to receive Christ and you can walk in that newness of life I ask if you, if you have any questions please um, talk, to, talk to me afterwards talk to someone else too anyone else we are new creations in Christ and we can rejoice like David did in verses 7 through 10 look at those verses he we're he says to lift up your head, see the king of glory. Well, who is he? He is the Lord who is strong and mighty, the Lord of hosts. He is the God who is all-powerful, the God who is able to help you in your infirmities, the God who is able to support you and, and take care of you in these times when you're feeling stressed and that. Where do you need to experience um, God's mighty power today. Where do you need to experience that? Is it power for direction? Do You need that power? How about the power for protection from the evil one's attacks? How about the power to say no to sin? The power for provision, the power over doubt, the power to face the future. That's a big one because we are all wondering what's going to happen in our in our near future the power to conquer evil the power to live a spirit-filled holy life God is all around us and we can tap into that power as we walk daily with him as we walk with him remember who you are and whose you are as a human being I am Created in the image of God, but as a believer, I belong in his family, and so I have that power. So in each area you are struggling in, God is powerful enough to help you through them. Amen? That's what he says. We're going to stop right there and turn it back over to the worship team after I pray, and, and then... Bring our our service to a close here in a few minutes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your awesome power. Thank you that there is nothing that can come about in our lives that you cannot give us victory through. That we can say no to sin and yes to righteousness. We can say, God, I need your boldness right now to share this truth with somebody. I need you in my life to, to provide these needs that I have. We have folks in our church who are, are going um, with the COVID right now. So, Lord, we pray for their healing. We pray that you will protect others uh, from that. So we thank you, God, for that awesome power that you have given to us through your son, through his death, burial, and resurrection, that we can have fellowship with each other we can have fellowship with you and we can live the life that you've asked us to live so we worship and thank you in jesus name amen